It's time for ROTD Weekend. I have a very, very, very special guest for this end-of-the-year episode. We are talking to Martin Mihalik, who you might know as Marty. That's right. We're talking to my partner, my boyfriend, my wonderful person in my life, Marty, and I have invited him on to do a surprise recipe of the day with me. Now, I will say that I had not thought of having him on to do this before because he is one of those people that I would probably describe as a sustenance food person, meaning that he eats because he has to, to survive, and not necessarily because he wants to. He doesn't enjoy it necessarily, or it's not about the adventure of food or the adventure of cooking. Every mouthful does not need to be blissful and joyous for him. And so the idea of having him on is not the first thing that came to my mind. And also, he doesn't really cook very much. And so, like, what would he tell me about? But, you know, recently, we were just on a trip. I have not told you about this. It happened kind of crazily, and we rushed to go, and then we came back. We were in Amsterdam. We had a wonderful time together, and while we were there, we had a lot of amazing food experiences, and I watched him try things that he might not normally want to try and just go on these experiences. We actually went to a two-star Michelin restaurant, and I think he loved the experience nearly as much as I did, maybe even more than I did. It was a 212 restaurant. If you want to look it up, you actually can see the chefs. You're very close close to all the cooks and chefs the whole time they're making everything and they bring everything to you and kind of do at the table kind of service things. It was a really an unbelievable experience. I loved every minute of it, but I think he did too. And I really do believe that that has been something that has changed since we've known each other. So we've been together for quite a while now, over five years. I know, Marty, I should know how many. I think it's going on seven years. And in that time, I wouldn't say that he has changed how I think about food and cooking, although I have changed how he thinks about food and cooking, and it has become a much more important part of his life than he would have realized. But I do know that he has changed how I think about people for whom food and cooking is not super important. And I feel like I really have come to understand that a lot more. And so for today's very special end of the year episode, Marty is on and and we are talking a little bit about him and his food world or food experience, what his priorities are, as well as the surprise recipe that he has for me. It did surprise me that he chose it, and it surprised me just how wonderful it was. And really, you know, just like side note, not about Marty and not about his recipe. It really, really, yet again, validated the idea behind this segment of the show where I have somebody come on and talk me through a recipe because it was really, really valuable and interesting and exciting, and I loved doing it, and I think you will find it interesting as well, hearing from this person who does not think about food and cooking the way that you and I do, or I'm assuming you do, the way that I do and the way that I think that you probably do if you listen to the show. He thinks about it differently than we do, and yet has so much to say, so much of value always, my wonderful boyfriend, Martin Mihalik. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. 
So you are right now standing in front of a whiteboard. Nobody can see you. I can see you. And we're doing this over Zoom, even though we're in the same house right now. Uh, there's a whiteboard behind you because you do a lot of explaining with a whiteboard, but it's not usually cooking. What are you usually explaining? I actually teach university mathematics. So uh, during COVID, I was in this room for many, many uh, class sessions and just doing, you know, live lectures, but over Zoom instead of in person. So it's nice to be back in the classroom. But, you know, COVID was quite experienced. Tried to, of course, give my students as best of a experience as I could. They were isolated. So I tried to make that the best I could for them. Well, now we're like several years off of that, but you still use it sometimes for like recording review sessions. And so that skill and that whiteboard board have come in handy <laughs> that's entirely correct yeah 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 it's still good or you know you get sick you don't you don't want to miss class you don't want to let your students down so you just take over from home for a day and uh, get back get back when you can what classes do you teach calculus three so that's the multivariate calculus it's a different name in different universities are you in our university it's calc three other universities have it as multivariate calc so that's something that um is is quite complicated for people who don't have a mathematics background yeah uh, most of the students are engineering students. So math majors take it, physics majors take it, sure, chemistry majors, astronomy majors, but usually engineering majors. And what role does cooking play in this part of your life? <laughs> uh, you know what? In fairness, not much. But, you know, I think because I have kind of an analytical mind, I unfortunately tend to view cooking as a, you know, got to get the food gotta got to eat the food so I can get back to uh, other activities. So, you know, I... Uh, tend to have a bit of a functional opinion about food. I know I know you have a surprise recipe for me without necessarily giving that away. Why don't you tell us what kinds of things you do cook? Again, tends to be fairly simple stuff, you know, things that are easy to make, things that are fast to make. You know, my philosophy is that if you spent longer cooking it than you do eating it, then that's a efficiency issue. Of course, you know, <laughs> certainly food experiences can be wonderful and they can be worth the effort. But, you know, for, for just day to day, I tend to try to like, I tend to enjoy eating more than I enjoy cooking. So cooking time should be comparable to eating time is my philosophy. You mean your own cooking time. You're okay with My own cooking time. Cooking for myself. Just, you know, making food for myself. And in fact, I, I mean, this is not really cooking, but I, I wasn't going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you. You eat the same breakfast, brunch, lunch sort of thing pretty much every single day? Could you tell, yeah, yeah. tell everybody? You know, that? Just, Wait, uh, that's just, not the uh, recipe, right? That's not your secret recipe, right? No, okay, no, okay. no, it's not. It's so not. so it's please, please tell, tell me about it, though. Oh, yes. I'm a big fan of turkey sandwiches and, uh, you know, just easy to make. You can think about other things while doing it. So kind of get lost daydreaming about whatever and then just kind of make those sandwiches and eat, and eat them. You know, it's not a, maybe some yogurt, for the, some nice tasty yogurt for the side. I tend to prefer that kind of simplicity. It's, it's not just any turkey sandwich. It is. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to answer for you now. It is. It is fine. I was trying to avoid plugging any particular brands, but oh, no, Horsehead makes fantastic meat. And almost every, like, almost everything I try by them is good. So you, you know, I like the, their cracked pepper turkey, but I like a lot of their other meats as well. So they just make really high quality products, very tasty, good stuff. You know, my background is Polish, so it's hard to get good bread in the United States, but I do like the pumpernickel from Publix. Very, very big favorite. So okay. and now, I, now, I, I can eat that all day long. 
I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to now say it is it is a slice of pumpernickel bread spread thinly with mayonnaise and two thin slices of boar's head cracked pepper turkey uh-huh. eaten in three to four bites, followed by another slice another of pumpernickel one. bread, and then <laughs> another one after that. Generally, yes, and, and then, then a side a, of some like peach yogurt or, or cherry yogurt. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that, it, that it, is correct. It's, it's the Yo Play peach harvest yogurt or cherry yogurt. Yes, they do make you good yogurt. So you yes. kind of just get used to it and you just eat it. Like I said, my mind's usually somewhere else anyway. So actually, in terms of your efficiency situation, you buy the, you eat the same things, you buy the same things. Your grocery trip is actually very much buy the same things at the grocery store all the time also, right? Yeah, that also, again, my mind's often somewhere else. So planning a grocery trip is sometimes a bit of, uh, it's, I, I don't want to say a distraction, but it, it, it can be stressful. So, you know, just buying the same things over and over again. I don't know, just kind of, you know, Einstein said he'd pretty much wear the same clothes every day if people didn't look down on him for it. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like Einstein that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you are like Einstein <laughs> in probably more than one way. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm sure he would have liked your, your turkey I ha- sandwiches. Also. I have crazy hair too. So, yeah, yeah that yeah, way too. Yeah, you do. And eyebrows, crazy eyebrows. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Okay, so do you have a surprise recipe for me today? You know, in keeping in line with my philosophy, my recipe is pretty simple. It's something people eat a lot. But, you know, I've been making it for a long time. So I have a surprising, I think maybe you'll find I have a surprising amount of opinions on the matter. And that is just scrambled eggs. But oh. there's more. There's more. There's there's a, the devil is in the details, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, this is great. I didn't know what you were going to choose, and I know from experience that you do make some rather wonderful scrambled eggs. Okay, mm. great. Good choice. Good choice. Okay, how do you start? Well, okay. First of all, this is the first recipe I learned to make when I was like nine. I don't even know. My mom showed me how to make them, and then I've been so you know I've been doing this for many many years. So I guess, first of all, the choice is what oil to use. And that's where, so yeah, you'll see I'm pretty particular about stuff. Don't use oil at all. Don't ever (laughs) use oil. Oil will make your eggs oily. So I'm I'm not a big fan of like breakfast at diners because their eggs are always oily. Butter, yeah, sure. Butter is a good choice. It adds buttery flavor also. I tend to use the Shed Spread Country Crock. It is made from vegetable oil. But it doesn't, I, I don't know, maybe because it's solid at room temperature rather than liquid at room temperature or something like that. It does not add oiliness and like bleh to your uh, dish. Yeah. So oh, uh, yeah, so yeah, I would use the shed spread or or butter. So that's the Country Crock Shred Spread brand margarine. Yes, that's right. And that makes sense to me. I think maybe because it has that dairy flavor to it, it's not just adding mm-hmm. an oily flavor. And so maybe mm-hmm. that is why it doesn't have that like oiliness so much. And, and it doesn't like leave drops of, if you make fried eggs with it, it doesn't leave droplets of oil all over your fried eggs. I'm not a big fan of that. So I, I'm going to just ask you, because I don't think I know the answer to this. I know that you actually buy on those grocery trips where you buy the same things all the time. If you are in need of margarine type products, you actually buy two different brands. There's mm-hmm. another brand that you buy, but you do not use it to cook your eggs. What right. is that brand and why do you not use it to cook your eggs? Brummel and Brown. Very good. So yeah, no, I like one thing for cooking and one thing for putting on sandwiches and and bread and things like that. So the Brummel and Brown is for spreading on bread or other things like that. And the Shed Spreads for cooking on. I use it to cook whenever I cook anything, whenever I fry anything, I pretty much use a Shed Spread. And I just want to clarify for those who are listening, this is when Marty is doing the cooking, not when I am doing the cooking. I certainly, don't think I've certainly. ever cooked. I, I, do, I do do your eggs sometimes. I'll use it. Usually I grab the butter, but I do. So so that is the thing that is happening in my home sometimes, but when Marty is at the stove. And the Brummel and Brown, I'm just going to say, it actually is really nice in terms of margarines. It's got like yogurt in it or something. So it's like really yeah. like cool and creamy and tasty. It's nice. 
I agree. It's cool. It has a coolness to it. You eat it and it has like a freshness to it that you're like, ah, yes, that's very nice. So yeah, you put it on some bread. It's really good stuff. Okay. But yeah, don't use that for the egg. You get some brum, uh, some of the shed spread. And what are you putting it in? So uh, just a, a nonstick. So taplinated or whatever frying pan or, you know, some, some, uh, some other nonstick frying pan. And then that goes right on the stove. And how much about of the, of that? Oh, do you use? Uh, I typically use a wooden spoon and maybe half of that wooden spoon's worth. If you want a little more, it's not going to make it's it's going to get heavy if you fill that wooden spoon up, but if by, I mean I heaping, you know, half of a heaping spoon, uh, a wooden spoon of it. But if you fill that spoon up, it's going to get a little heavy, but if you yeah, add a little bit extra, it's going to add some more creaminess to the eggs, which isn't a bad thing. And of course, you don't measure the way that I do. I am thinking it's somewhere around an actual teaspoon. A measured teaspoon, maybe teaspoon. Uh, heaping, and a heaping teaspoon. No, perhaps? no, like the measurement of a of a teaspoon. Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah, kind of like the spoon that I use to stir coffee, kind mm-hmm. of rounded. Right on. Right yeah, on. You think about it like that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that goes into your nonstick pan on the stove at what temperature? You're just trying to melt that butter. So turn that thing all the way up. Uh, I usually turn it up after I put the put the butter in. But uh, but yeah, uh, you don't want the but you don't want the butter to start browning or anything mm-hmm. like that. You just want it melted. Mm-hmm. So so melt that butter. Uh, turn that thing up, and then comes the part that I used to get a lot of flack about. You turn that stove off. You don't leave it on once that butter is melted. And so you're going to be putting your eggs onto melted butter, but not hot. Because if you put them on hot, they're going to start cooking while you're still putting the rest on. So you're going to get an uneven cook on your eggs. Now, the controversy I used to hear is you can't put eggs on a cold pan because they're going to stick to the pan, blah, blah, blah. No, they're not going to stick to the pan. It's going to be fine. Sure, maybe with a cast iron pan, but a cast iron pan is going to get your eggs, you know, burnt and dry in places anyway. So we're not using a cast iron pan. I'm using a nonstick pan. So yeah, it'll be fine. Some people do swear by eggs in the cast iron, but I, uh, I, I totally know what you're talking about. Like, Actually, I think even this would help people if they're trying to do it in the cast iron because what you're doing is you're melting the butter and then you're turning the heat off so that you have a chance to like let things not stick and kind of work instead of like all of a sudden starting to burn or stick and brown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've got and, – And you're you're cracking your eggs onto the pan, but you're getting – you're able to crack all your eggs – without some of them cook some of them starting to cook because they cook very fast once they start mm-hmm. going so for that amount of butter or margarine that we put in there how many eggs are you cracking into that pan that you've turned off generally three okay but if you're if you want to do more than three i would not say you should double the amount of butter oh, uh just a little it, you're just trying to coat the bottom of the pan to keep it from stick or keep it from i don't know sticking i guess but whatever yeah yeah no no that's great okay next so uh uh, something i do that other people don't do is i pull out uh once you've got those eggs in that pan before you break them up i pull out the little i don't know what it is it's like a little embryo a little stringy bit that's on those eggs i i find that if you cook that it kind of changes the plate way way the eggs taste and i also don't like the texture of it so i pull those out i you know remove them both by whatever way you can and of course having the pan not be on gives you a few a minute or so to actually do that before the eggs start cooking on you. Okay, okay. So you've cracked your three eggs into yes. the pan that has the melted shed spread. Correct. The pan is off. And then yes. wh- where is this? What, what it's is right it? up right up against the yolk. It's this little stringy bit. I guess if, if the eggs was fertilized, that would then be the developing little chicken. Oh. But in an unfertilized egg, that's just a, I don't know, a little bit okay so, and you pull uh, that out yeah. with your fingers 
Sometimes I'm bad and use the eggshell. I would not recommend using the eggshell. That sounds like a great way to get salmonella. But, uh, you know, some something that's not going to scratch up your pan. Use that to, to it's not going to come out very, it, it's attached to the yolk. So you're going to have to kind of cut it, cut it off okay. and then pull it out. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> As I said, I'm particular. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't and actually then, think you, I didn't know you did this step. I'm learning, I'm learning more about you every day. Yeah. That, that thing affects the flavor of the eggs, at least in my opinion. Maybe it's my imagination, but no, no. Okay. So then what? All right, then you turn that pan back on and then you pop each little yolk with your with your spoon and then mix. Not thoroughly, don't mix thoroughly. And that's why we're cracking them in a pan instead of into a cup ahead of time. You don't want it mixed fully. You just want it mixed. Uh, there still should be white areas and, and, and yellow areas, but you want it kind of roughly distributed. What, so why that, is that? A lot of people do like them thoroughly mixed. What is your goal here? Like, I, what is- you know what? I don't know. I like I like it better that way. I, I Also, I guess... Maybe if you mix it too much, it starts to get a little frothy or something like that. Starts to you start to beat the eggs, I guess, and maybe that changes the flavor also. But no, I kind of just I like the I like the strong yolk flavor that you still get when you have little patches, uh, small patches of yolk. But big fan of that flavor. Yeah, I don't know. It's just you know always what? worked out well for me. That's interesting because you're not as much a fan of cooked egg whites. You oh, really true. Love- yeah, I'm so, not. A, I'm not a fan of good cooked egg whites. Yes, so maybe, but maybe, they do. But they do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so. Um, yeah, maybe for you, the when you mix it together, it dilutes the yolk flavor and gives the yolk flavor egg white flavor. Whereas if you keep them a little bit separated, you can tolerate the bit of whites that you have to have, but you get some really nice yolky flavor. Yeah, yeah perhaps. Something that like sounds that. that. That yeah, sure. That, that, I'll buy that. Okay. Okay. I love it. Okay. So let's see. So then you're at that point, you're slow, slowly mixing and basically moving the, you know, keeping the egg from sticking to the to the pan, just scraping it off the bottom again, as people do, it should just be a couple minutes until it's ready. So don't make it so that it's hard and dry, make it so it's still a little moist, but should be pretty fluffy when you're when you're just about done. So you turn the heat on at some point. So you oh yes, them of in, yes, yes. After 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 out, right after the eggs are in the pan, after the little little weird bit is removed, that's when you turn that pan back on and you and start mixing. You can have the heat on while you're mixing. And what about what temperature do you have the heat on for that? Um, oh yeah, yeah. So medium high, mm-hmm. um, not not too hot, or they're gonna start drying on you, and not you know hot enough to make them start. Uh, you like and you start transferring them to a plate. They're still a little glossy, or are they like? They're glossy, yes. Mm-hmm. And ideally, ideally, oh, oh, right oh. before they're finished, you tear in a, a slice of Boar's Head American cheese in there, and that is the wonderful finishing touch. And it's still warm. The, you don't. You can actually do it after you turn the pan off because the warmth from the eggs will melt that cheese anyway. So yeah. That's like my wonderful, wonderful little finishing touch. So not necessary. Again, doesn't have to be American cheese. Doesn't have to be Boar's Head American cheese. But I would definitely recommend that specific combination. I have many things to say about this. I hope it's okay with you. So first of all, this is not sponsored by Boar's Head in any way. It is not. Marty I just love their. I just love their stuff. Marty loves Boar's Head. We live a three minute drive from a Publix that carries a wide variety, and these these are our favorites. And it is crucially the white American cheese by Boar's Head. The orange is fine, but the white is somehow better. I agree. Yeah. And you know what? People hear American cheese and they have something specific in their heads. But for some reason, Boar's, again, Boar's Head cheeses just oh, taste different than other products. It's, so, it's so true. We've So we did, I don't know if you remember when Ed was over for dinner not long ago, we did some kind of steak sandwich and we put that on there. And he was like, that cheese, what is that cheese? And we're like, American cheese. He's like, no way. It <laughs> is not like normal American cheese. It's not cheese slices. It's not in plastic. It's, it's, it's not like Velveeta-y soft or anything like that. It's very much a sliced cheese that melts beautifully and has great flavor, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I understand there's two different types of American cheese. I think it's supposed to be a blend of mozzarella and provolone. 
But I think a lot of other companies just make it out of vegetable oil or something like that. Right. And maybe that's the difference. Maybe some, maybe if you get the real quote unquote American cheese, it tastes different than the other, other kinds. I don't yeah. Know. If you have, if you have boar's head products nearby, oh, I'm good. Okay. So we both get a little particular about stuff. If you get it already packaged, the boar's head American cheese already packaged, it is not as good as if they slice it for you in the store. But still very good. But still very good. So, okay. So you've melted that in just a little bit and then... Tear that slice up, put it on top, fold it into the cheese, uh, fold in the cheese. <laughs> and then, then uh, yeah, it'll melt from the eggs and then uh, then just put it on, uh, slide it onto a plate and that's uh, that's ready to go. And you eat this with slices. Generally, of- some of that pumpernickel bread with brummel and brown on top. There you go. One more tip. I tend to use a lot of salt, but because of that, I tend to never cook with salt. So when I cook, I almost never add salt to my food because I know I'm going to salt that thing once it hits my plate. And it feels like the salt is more intense. It feels like when I add salt during cooking, it just kind of gets lost and I'm going to salt it just the same amount on my plate anyway. So my, I I could be, I'm not an expert, but my experience is that Salt it on your plate. Don't salt it while you're cooking. Salt it on your plate. Well, you you actually really love the flavor of salt, not necessarily the thing that salt does by enhancing flavor. You like salt flavor, so you like to Fair taste enough. the salt, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's what. So yeah, is. yeah. I tend to not salt it because it's just going to add more sodium, and I'm going to just salt it anyway. So. Yep. Yep. I hear you. I I know. This is this is. I I, I cook for this man all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you I, you do a fantastic job. Fan- brilliant. I gotta say. Oh well. Thank you so much. Thank you for telling us about your scrambled eggs, Marty. Yeah. I uh, I again. I've been making this for a long time, so I've developed some some opinions on the matter. So this is going live on December thirtieth. Why don't we wish everybody Happy New Year? Absolutely. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Isn't he just so lovely? I know you are as charmed as I am. And don't you just want to go out and get the Brummel and Brown and the Shed Spread and try them both and see what he's talking about? I swear he's right. He just like sees things and looks at things a little bit differently from how I do when it comes to cooking and eating. And I find it fascinating all of the time. I hope you enjoyed hearing us talking with each other. Thank you so much, Marty. I really love you. And I love that you were on this show with me today. Now, as to what I have going on in my culinary world, the answer is not much. It has been a busy couple of weeks for sure, and we really slowed down in the recipe testing, recipe development, photography, video creation, all of that. We, of course, had pre-done a lot of things and had everything rolling out. If you are following me on social media, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, at Cook the Story in all of those places, you know that I did not stop churning those things out, even if I stopped churning things out to make new ones in my kitchen to go forward, which means there's just not a lot here. And it means, of course, that Jennifer has to come over soon and cook up some stuff with me. We need to photograph it all and test it all and do some videos. So I do not have very much to tell you about about what is going on. I have not done any test kitchen stuff lately, so no recipe experiments or anything to tell you about there. I can tell you that on January 1st, we have a new recipe going up on Cook the Story. It is garlicky sauteed 
beet greens. You know beet greens are like my favorite vegetable in the world. This is one of my favorite ways to cook them. I do like the other way better than just simmering them in water and then draining them and then adding salt and butter to them. But this is also really, really delicious and is, of course, a wonderful way to bring in the new year. Part of that reason that people eat like collard greens and things like that for the new year is because it is meant to symbolize money, that green color. And this money symbolism also comes with some bright red scarlet color. So you're also adding some passion in there. That's what I think. So definitely get your hands on some beet greens and try that recipe on January 1st. That's when it's coming out on Cook the Story. But that is all that I have coming out planned right now. So stay tuned. I will tell you when there's more and there will be more soon. Of course, I can tell you that we do have some wonderful daily episodes of this show coming up. Just some nice, healthy, easy things to get you through the beginning of January. We're in a little slump. I think it's almost like anticlimactic from everything before. And I know I don't want to be all about the like diet culture or about New Year's resolutions and eating healthier, but I for sure often feel just heavy after that whole holiday season, and I'm looking for brighter, lighter things. So I will be telling you about the sautéed beet greens. Of course, I have some bacon-wrapped avocado fries. I know there's still bacon in there, but it's making a really beautiful and innovative side dish out of avocado or like a snack, some shrimp quesadillas, some air fryer chicken milanese. If you want to do something breaded, but you don't want to fry it, that is wonderful. And then I'm also coming to you on Ukrainian Christmas Eve. That's January 6th. I will be celebrating that with my kids and with Marty and with my parents who are going to be visiting from Canada. We are going to be having a traditional Ukrainian Christmas Eve dinner, which is this big meatless dinner that does feature fish. And I am telling you that day about a delicious salmon dip. It is not a traditionally Ukrainian dish, but is definitely something that you could have to celebrate that meatless meal. So with that, I will say this is our last weekend episode of the year with you. I have one more daily episode tomorrow, of course, on the 31st, and I'll be back January 1st to ring in that new year as well with you every day. As always, I hope you've had a wonderful 2023 and that you have a delicious, healthy, and happy 2024. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Marty, for telling us about your scrambled eggs and for all the times that you have made me scramble scrambled eggs, and for all the wonderful conversations, this one and all of the other ones we've had before that. Okay, everyone, have a great last weekend of 2023. Have a blast. Let's get cooking.